Hey guys, welcome back to the Kind of an Expert podcast, the only podcast where the guest picks the topic of every single episode. My name is Corey Tyndall, and as always, I'm your host. And this week, I sat down with New York City comedian Kitty Reynolds to talk about the weight loss roller coaster. Um, so, Kitty and actually myself as well have quite a bit of experience with the quote unquote weight loss roller coaster, which for people who aren't familiar with that concept is the idea of losing a bunch of weight, gaining a bunch of weight, um, and then repeating the cycle until you're absolutely miserable with yourself. Um, so we talk about what that's like to go through the different aspects of uh, your life that kind of lead into it, people's relationships with food, their routines, um, how outside circumstances can kind of lead into it or out of the roller coaster, and overall what we found that can work for us for kind of getting a better grasp on our relationship with food and exercise. Um, and I think everyone's going to relate to this on some level, even if you've never had a weight loss issue everybody's known someone who has so i think um whoever you are you're really going to enjoy this episode you can follow kitty at kit reynolds on instagram she posts her shows there um super funny comedian um and you could follow her on tiktok as well that link is in her instagram follow me at Corey t comedy on all social media and if you're in new york city come check out oh a comedy show every single week at ferns in the east village um it's a great show kitty's been there before if you want to see her there again shoot me a message request her for the show that you're going to be at and with that let's get into the episode I feel like I now have to like point out to people that have been watching on YouTube that these glasses don't have alcohol in them this oh. time because they're it's like the last two or three <laughs> people have come in cheers, cheers and they see the bar and they're like you got gin you have gin and I was like I do have gin yeah so um, now we have to these tell are them just LaCroix yeah 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 for the listeners at home these are not this is not a vodka soda no this is real proving my sobriety on video so you're you're totally sober yeah for my year was like two days ago congrats thank you that's awesome i'm pumped yeah yeah what is um was it like just general health reasons or like it was more uh we don't have to get into it if you don't we just did i was telling you earlier yeah, we yeah. just did the episode on addiction so like a little follow-up i don't know like yeah a little a little uh <laughs> sequel a little touch. i feel like we should have done that topic with you it's it but anyway <laughs> no it's okay um, i uh it was more of the blacking out oh yeah than the bodily issues okay um we don't obviously you already did the whole episode but it was just i mean trapdoor every other weekend i would just wake oh. up in the new day you yeah. know what i mean and it was just like getting very very tiring yeah and um i had thought about moderating like years for a few years before that and i had tried to moderate and that was me trying to moderate it was yeah. like still black every other the nines. yeah so i was like <laughs> yeah you know maybe can't handle it no so here we are that's yeah yeah the so the last guest that we had on Allie, her mom was an alcoholic but she was more the like um 
bunch of drinks every day after work but you could never tell like the super high functioning alcoholic yeah. and we didn't really talk about the but the binge drinking type um as much just because like we didn't have experience with it but i assume that's a completely different animal it's a, and it's so weird because you are very celebrated for it. Like, oh, it's a very, yeah. like, I was the good time Charlie. Like, I was, like, a blast. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? So, like, sure. no one is, like, everyone's, like, you don't need to quit, quit drinking. Like, you're our tone setter. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're the best drinker of us. Like, you can't go. And it, so it was, right. like, a very weird feeling to be, like, very confident in, like, no, this needs to stop. And everyone else being, like, no, but please don't go. Yeah. And you're, like, I think that means I need to go. Like, yeah. I think that means I need to get sober if, you know. Um, and now all my friends are like, you're so much better now. <laughs> really? yeah. Okay. So they all had like, uh, yeah. that's good. I was, that was going to be my next question is like, what was their reaction? Cause I do yeah. know there are a lot of people like when they quit drinking, they lose their friends cause yeah. drinking is the only thing they had in common. Right. And I definitely like lost certain like elements with them in terms of like, I lost those certain bar nights with them and I lost mm -hmm. those ways of connecting and I'll never be the same, like Piece. I'll never be that same role in my friend group that I was at one point. Sure. But now I think that those relationships have grown in like, you know, they've become more adult. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's great. That's so good. I didn't know I had that in me. I had no idea. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. I don't know. It's like Who knew? the only, the only like, I think true addiction that I have right now is caffeine. And that's even like, that's a bad one. Uh, Caffeine's tough too because it's like it's so productive. There is no downside productive. except for you. There's no social downside to it either. Right. Like no, but it's like besides my parents are like, really, you need an afternoon coffee? I was like, do you want to live my life? It's either coffee or cocaine. Right. But, and they're like, all right, coffee then. Yeah. Um, but and yeah, for the most part, nobody cares. Like it's always like, yeah. Well, if you don't want to be snacking. Right. Too. I I don't know how much uh, caffeine actually stops me from snacking. Interesting. Okay. But I also haven't like as an adult. Um. Well. Okay. So there's there's I guess two parts of this. In college, um, I used to drink a lot of coffee in the afternoons, but it was those like canned Starbucks like coffee latte drink oh, things, yeah. which are so many calories and so sugary and like each one is drinking like a milkshake right but you're still getting like 120 milligrams of caffeine and so like that was that was for sure filling me up yeah like i, I didn't want a snack right. after that that's actually the perfect little thing to keep your body going like a little bit yeah. of glucose wrapped in caffeine oh yeah and you're good for till the end of time it's it's brilliant. Yeah. Aside from gaining like 50 pounds my freshman year of college. Um, Wait, did you gain 50 pounds? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, there were a few things. First, we had like a big group. So the only place that we could really hang out and actually like spread out in the dorms was in the cafeteria. So we used to just like hang out there for like three. We go down at like four because like we could all sit at a table as opposed to just like having to sit on the floor and the right. dorm rooms and all this other stuff. So we just like snack. Um, sleep was awful. I was getting like four hours of sleep a night because yeah. it was like, why shouldn't I like stay up and keep partying on a right. Tuesday? I'll sleep when um, I'm dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we didn't do any weekday drinking. Thank God. It was like all Wait, where'd you go weekend. To school? Uh, Michigan Tech. Okay. Up. I went to UMich. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we were up way up there in the cold and the snow, but it's also a bunch of nerds. Like, my friends were like, we can't drink on a weekday. I got class tomorrow. And I was like, it's probably the best thing for me. But yeah. they did, like, we drank a lot of soda because we were trying to stay up all the time and, right. like, bad sleep and all this. And so, like, I've I've had pretty wild fluctuations with my weight. This is fascinating. Because I would have never guessed you to be someone, well, just because you come across to me as someone with high self-control. Mm. I would have never, I couldn't picture a, a season of your life where you duck. were like soda king. You I'm, know I mean? I'm a duck. Like, <laughs> calm on top, crazy under the under the surface. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Um, no, like food, soda. I don't drink soda anymore. Okay. Um, but yeah, I never like, oh man, it probably took honestly until like last year to like fully get control over food i think it's the hardest thing well it's so hard it's like an addiction yeah it's like any addiction except you can't quit it cold turkey no so it's way fucking (laughs) worse yeah and like people who struggle with overeating i always like i overeating was my most torturous time of my life is Mm. when i couldn't like stop binge eating because it just is all consuming all day long. Like at least with drinking, you can like with the boundaries I had built, it was like, I'll start drinking at, you know, five or six PM. Like sure. it didn't, wouldn't get in the way of life. But as soon as I'm waking up, I'm like, all right, what am I having for breakfast? Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. If I don't stop, I'm going to kill myself. Like <laughs> it's yeah. Okay. But were you like an overeater? Um, yes, yes. Yeah, my relationship with I've never been a huge snacker, which is which is good. Yeah, that's really good. My issue with like meals was that I if I'm sitting down for a meal, I would just eat until it hurt. Like it's an old Louis joke. Like you're yeah. done when it hurts. <laughs> I was like, so when you do that every day for every meal, especially in the door, like growing up, it was like all right, a huge dinner. And I wasn't like super big as a kid. And then in high school, I was in pretty good shape because it's kind of hard to not burn calories as a 16-year-old boy. But um, yeah, in college, it was just like, all right, well, for breakfast, I'm going to have like a waffle and like four other things. And then lunch, I'll have like a big lunch because it's there and it's already free. And then for dinner, we're going to hang out there for like three hours. So just like keep eating the whole time. And it was just like, it was just like something to do do i guess yeah um and i don't think you know like growing up we would have like meals we could have what was there for dinner but like the buffet style just fucking the dining hall the dining hall kills at i think people in freshman year because not only is it the like you said the center of like the social world because like you're not going to sit in a dorm room it's also where your first for the first time you have full food agency yeah which i think is very daunting and exciting it's very yeah. exciting at first like, oh my god like i would leave the fucking dining hall with like am i allowed to curse by the way yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> i've probably done it 80 times and now i'm asking yeah. but like i would leave with cups of cereal yeah and i'm like why am i gaining weight <laughs> it's like oh you're walking around with a flask like yeah, you know what right. i mean like you you can't stop eating like there's oh, no we would smuggle so much fucking food back to the dorms oh, it's like god. well what if i want it later you're like <laughs> 
in three hours you're gonna be hungry no you're, you're gonna be bored you're gonna yeah. be bored and you're gonna want to eat that cereal or like right. bagels or like just super high carb food oh. that you don't need to be eating at 11 p.m and it's all fake too because like <laughs> cisco which i could go on all day about do you yeah cisco is Are we getting into the food industrial <sighs> complex oh yeah i'm here for oh, that yeah, Corey. <laughs> um. i okay so i uh being from Michigan, I had a lot of friends at U of M. Yeah. Really bad dorm food. Really like, bad. Like, at least when I was there, it was like borderline prison food. It was uh, awful. And we ate so much of it. <laughs> Me too. Like, <laughs> disgusting. Disgusting amounts of food. Like, I have images in my head of, like, truly eating full pizzas. Michigan pizzas. Oh, yeah. Corey. Like, the square ones. Well, yeah. Where it's like just breadsticks on top right. of each other the best ones it was I like fight people pizza house it was just like yep. you, you just get a full fucking thing to the face yeah and no self-control and i thought i was gonna be hot forever you know what i mean i'm an 18 year old <laughs> yeah. girl i'm like i'm skinny and right. hot my whole life there's no other option and yep. then it's like oh you cannot have feta bread at one in the morning every <laughs> night and expect to be a hot chick the math ain't math no yeah Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> I had the, yeah. The other parts of tech, I had a girlfriend. So I was like, all right, not worried about that. And um, and she would like hang out with us. So it was like, oh, yeah, we're all just like snacking and whatnot. The other part is no women went to tech either. So none of the guys were trying to impress anyone. And none of the women were really trying to impress the guys because nobody had to impress anyone. They right. were like, well, I'm one of four women in this entire dorm, so people are going to be attracted to me. <laughs> right. <And it> was, <laughs> the datanomics are in my favor, yeah. so I can be a slob. and Yeah. Which is kind of a healthy way to go through college a little bit, like being a little bit removed from like dating chaos. Well, yeah, I think it was different. Okay. One of one of my favorite studies was around um like hookup culture and the percentage of men to women at each university and they found that schools that have more women than men have a very strong hookup culture cuz men hold the power. Yes. And in the opposite, um if there are more women than men, than or sorry more men than women then it's a very relationship driven mm -hmm. uh culture because women essentially decide who like sleeps with who right um like silicon so, valley or like san francisco yeah. silicon valley have higher numbers of men to women so yep. they have a more monogamous culture whereas here oh yeah <laughs> not a fucking shot like <laughs> it's pretty hard to get in a relationship here yeah um but yeah i think it does go with food like yeah. this last year, um, 2022, I ended up losing like 35, 30, 35 pounds. Um, and I think part of it was like, it was the first full year in New York that I was just like single and just like, nah, I'm going to be single. Yeah. Like I wasn't like trying to find it. It was just kind of like, all right, well, if I'm going to like, quote unquote, like play the game, I'm not out here like hooking up every night or anything, yeah. mom and dad. Um, <laughs> but the, like, you know, there was like, oh, okay, like I should probably get in better shape. Right? right. And you're taking out that piece of food that was really hard for me, which was like the codependency piece, which is like if I'm on a date with someone or if I'm out to dinner with friends, I'm going to get what makes them comfortable. Mm. Like I'm not going to get what's what makes me comfortable. Like if I'm out with a group of gals, I'm not going to order the salad and be the bitch. Like I, I, <laughs> I will not be that girl. Like it's so embarrassing. I'm going to get the fucking oh burger, God. you know, yeah. and like 
that's so the opposite of what is it, it's just that wasn't a good decision for me like it would gotcha. be like my body screaming for veggies but I want to be the fun one and the people pleaser gotcha. and if I'm with the fun eaters I'm not going to be the Greek salad girl you know that's got to be easier to do when you're drinking too yeah just get the burger right was that like one of your things that you're drinking too? Would you eat a lot? Yeah. Like you hit up palm frites when you're down in. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> the best drunk food. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want a three pound cone of fries with mayo on it? You're like, yes. Yeah. Yes, like, I do. Absolutely. Only if it's oh. 1230 in the morning. <laughs> right. I would eat like it's so I can't eat. I, when I think back about how much I was eating when I was drunk like that, it makes me nauseous. It yeah. truly makes me nauseous. I'm like, how did that fit in my body? Yeah. so weird <laughs> yeah but then like um when i moved to dc after college um i was drinking more casually which mm. was weird like the binge drinking was less but then that casual happy hour crept in and that's when the food was more insidious like i'd be sitting at a happy hour with a group of people and yeah. i'm just gonna eat the appetizers yes. and like i'm just gonna keep you know, just being out and about and just being mindlessly even more like yes. out of control of food um, rather than in college where it was like, I'm just going to be like a pig and eating like drunk food. I was doing less of that and more of just like very heavy like restaurant food out and about and yeah. not really controlling that. Yeah, um, that is that is my like biggest weakness with eating is when um, when things don't come as a meal where it's like. It's not about like uh, putting a bunch of stuff on the plate because if I do that, then I can like finish the plate and be like, all right, cool, I'm I'm done. Yeah. But like when it's just like a bunch of different appetizers, you're taking a little bit from each one. That's where I'll continuously eat for yeah. like hours. Like it'll just keep going because it's always there, and, and I you never, never get that full. You never get that full, and I never feel like there's a point. Like visually, I don't see the point where I'm supposed to stop. Right. Right, like I can have a huge breakfast every morning, toast, eggs, banana, like all that other stuff. But once it's gone, it's gone. I'm not making myself any more food. Right. That doesn't happen. It's when... like a it's like a black and white thinking that uh, in a good way that's attached mm -hmm. to a meal versus like snacking. And when I had a, because in college I struggled with like I was. I would describe almost just a classic bulimic. Um, and so I had gotten a therapist in college and she was awesome. She like changed everything for me. But one of the things that she helped me with was like, if you're going to be eating, like, okay, if you have a piece of pizza, let's cut that in half so you can slow yourself down. Yeah. And doing those little things, those little tactics that you do not learn as a kid because the culture of our parents was their parents were depression kids yeah. <laughs> so they were taught eat all the food on your plate yeah right so then they taught up, us like, like kids in africa you gotta finish it right that was one thing i realized when i moved here rich people don't finish their food right and i like i was it was this i didn't even put it together until i was here for years and i was like oh that's how they stay skinny they don't finish their plate right. that never would have occurred to me as a kid no and they're encouraged to not Whereas like, I don't know, people who may have been raised with blue collar values or blue collar in general would have been like, no, you're going to don't be a little ungrateful bitch. Yeah. You're going to also that go get clean. seconds because I made that much food. Right. And so then it fucks up your head as an adult because you still have this idea of like, I'm ungrateful or yeah. I'm not going I'm not taking the full value of this meal if I'm not completely annihilating it. Yep. And then here you are heavier than you want to be 
and that's against your values. Right. So, yeah. And <laughs> well, Midwestern values, it's not against anything to be a little heavy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a very that's coastal true. attitude to be against being heavy. Um, Michigan. Yeah, right. Pure Michigan, baby. <laughs> pure, pure Michigan. Um, the other kind of relationship, and I do want to get back into um, the eating disorder because I want to know like the timeline of like how that progressed over college. But I'm curious how like you think about hunger mm. because that was the other piece I think growing up is that um, I didn't feel like until very recently, like being hungry is okay. Like in my mind, like hunger was like a problem that needed to be solved yeah. immediately. And I think that's like, and we're going to get into weight loss a little bit later and like exercise versus calories. But like, that was kind of the thing that helped me lose weight was like, oh no, I can be hungry for a couple hours yes. and it's not the end of the fucking world over here. In fact, it's healthy to feel that hunger so that you can retrain your brain to like actually be an intuitive eater. Yeah. Um, And to actually be in touch with like, cause I almost at a certain point was disconnected from what hunger even felt like. Oh, um, okay. Because it was so like, I was just like listening to, I was so obsessed with my weight and I was so obsessed with get losing weight. Um, and, but all the while still obsessed with food and eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very torturous. <laughs> but like, um, I was just reading so much information about how you should be eating to lose weight mm. that I was completely overriding any natural signal for my body. I was just okay. like, oh, I'm going to wake up and have two eggs and two pieces of toast. And yeah. then for lunch, I'm going to have this. And then for dinner, I'm going to have it at this time and like this. And just the control of it completely devoided me of any sort of like natural connection to it. Yeah. And, and hunger is very normal, should be welcomed, and actually can help you then savor and enjoy the meal in a very healthy way, I think, too. You're like, yeah. oh, I feel hungry. I'm going to have dinner now. What's that going to look like? What's <laughs> yeah. that going to smell like? What's it going to look like? And like being mindful about it. Whereas when you are not in that space and you're just like, I have to eat because someone told me I have to, right. and it's going to be this because someone told me it has to be like this, then you, you completely take away all of the enjoyment from it, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think to that point, like noticing the different levels of hunger, mm -hmm. like you can, your body can tell you like, all right, we're out of food, but that doesn't mean you're, you actually need food. Right. It just, it's Is your, your body giving this. Or, yeah, right. Yeah. Or are you hungry? No, like you don't want to be hungry to the point where you're like snapping at people right. and you're like fully hangry. Yeah. But like. Yeah, there's there's definitely a slight. It's not an on-off switch like I like I thought it was until like embarrassingly recently. Right, um. <laughs> but it's not like our fault because no one actually teaches. Yeah, you. it's my parents' fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If you're listening, <laughs> they're probably like the nicest people yeah, in the no, world. I fine. imagine. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no. It's it's definitely my fault. It's just like when you grow when you grow up not thinking about it. And I think that's the yeah. key. What you said is like. The, having the agency of it. I never really thought about it. It was kind of like, um, all right, well, do you really need that? And you're like, well, I don't know. I could eat it. And they're like, okay. And that's, right. you know, that's just kind of it. And then, right. uh, um, there's, yeah, I think there's, uh, we have, what's the word? We have like a crisis in our culture of food agency and yeah. teaching kids how to be, but it's also like, how do you as a parent, like, I'm sure it's very difficult to, 
to understand how to totally. feed them right. Yeah. And so, of course, they're just going to force feed when they're eating. Um, but then, of course, comes the unnatural emotions connected to food like food becomes love and like mm -hmm. things like that yeah where for me that was a big thing i'm like i definitely think a lot of my binge eating was emotional yeah. um especially in college like because i was just dealing with so much um and yeah i was like okay no food is not love like i have to stop <laughs> it's food cures it can hunger be. yeah it can it be it can be right but, but not in the, the University of Michigan cafeteria. That's not made with love. <laughs> right. The, the 2 a.m. Um, make your own pizza that you put honey on and fucking french fries. I Is mean, it love, sis? Like, I loved it. Yes. <laughs> and people loved me for uh, You know, yeah. I was, it's, oh, nobody's people love more popular. <laughs> nobody's more popular than the person that's always down for the cafeteria right? run. Yeah. Think, right? It's the I was like, I was a down bitch. Yeah. I was a down bitch. It's social, you know? People love a fluffy down bitch. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> you need that on like a shirt or something. I love that tagline. That's so good. So yeah. what was what was your timeline with college? So you get to college, yeah. you're you're like, I'm a hot 18-year-old girl. Like there's nothing that can right. make me unhot. And then right. how like how quickly did you gain weight? And then like when did the uh disorder kind of yeah. start and then like where like i guess what's the what's the journey yeah so i'll take you through it so graduate from college i was a very competitive runner okay i, I was pretty good i was pretty okay. good were you playing lie. or um, were you running for university of michigan no but okay. my sister actually did oh cool um, to give you an idea of like our family was like a very much yeah, a runner yeah, yeah. family i just wasn't quite good enough i was smarter than i was fast sure. when it came to you know, choosing colleges and stuff. So that ended up dropping off my life. But with that, like, because I was such a, a skinny little runner girl, I ate so much oh, in high yeah. school and never had an issue. Yep. So I created these very wild food habits that were really fun that I could not keep up with come starting binge drinking. Yeah. So I ended up right before school started, I started being bulimic, but not very like, not on purpose. And it was kind of just like, I felt it was like an anxious tick. Mm. Like I just noticed I was like throwing up and it like I wasn't heavy yet. I just think I was nervous about going to school. Okay. Even though it was like never a part of my life, I never worried about gaining weight. Um, but I just started like doing it. And then when I got to school, it really didn't happen. And then I, I got raped at a certain point. I was three months into school. It was like November. And after that, shit hit the fan. Wow. I started overeating like crazy because I also wasn't sleeping. I had months of terrible PTSD. Sure. And so I slept like over my cover. This just to give the listener at home an idea yeah. of how fucking awful it was. I slept over my covers for until I graduated from school. Like I wouldn't let myself under in my bed. Like it that just felt an odd, like constrict. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Can't explain it, but that's where my head was at. So like food sure. became a comfort. I wasn't sleeping. Drinking was like the best way to get to sleep. Yeah. So I think over drinking led to overeating massive, just like cycle. And at a certain point, sophomore year, I was like, this is something I can't deal with because I was like, I got home from work and I was like, okay, I'm either going to throw up this meal or I'm going to run six miles or 
I can go to the library. And none of those things felt like, I was like, why are these my options? Right. Why can't I just go to the library? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. or, or no, it was like, it's either throw up and go to the library or run six miles or like sit here and hate myself. I forget. Like, sure. You know what I mean? So I was like, why can't I be, why can't I just go to the library like everyone else? Why am I stuck in here? And I was like, okay, this is not normal and it's torturing me. And so um, I went to UHS, like the, uh, whatever the Michigan like health services the, was, yeah. and they matched me with someone who like had eating disorder uh what's the word experience and she was like okay this is what we're gonna do i'm gonna send you to the nutritionist we're gonna get you like right and so i met with the nutritionist she was teaching me how to like what is actual she was teaching me just the normal stuff that we're all supposed to know which is like here's how many calories you need to survive and here's this and here's that and then with cheryl that was my therapist she would help me like do the little things like okay you're gonna cut your pizza in half and then like you know try to not do this or try to do x instead of y um and it was still very much a problem but it was getting better and better and then um in uh, about I think I would say like junior year I felt very like sober of it okay um, so it was like only a few years where it was like very bad and then I was able to come out of it but I still had moments where I would like relapse and like throw sure. up a meal um, and then it wasn't till after college when I was really committed to like never compulsing in that way and I was like okay I don't care how much weight I gain I'm going to like even back out to intuitive eating. Um, I was like, I don't care how much it takes. So like I did Whole30. I actually gained like tons of weight from Whole30 because like... What is Whole30 exactly? Okay, you cut out um, sugar, alcohol, um, everything pretty much. Like it was like... Everything fun. Everything fun. Okay. Le- I was just left eating like nut butter. Um, for like, <laughs> so of course I was gaining weight. I was eating yeah. like three jars of nut butter. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get skinny after all 30. And right, it's like, right, no, right. you're not. You're eating fucking nut butter. It's fat. Yeah. It's just tons of fat and protein. But, um, but it helped me understand my... Bo- oh, dairy. No dairy. Things like that. So I was reading books workbooks doing like exercises every night in bed i would like do like uh like binge eating worksheets and stuff yeah and then um i had done whole 30 just to learn about like okay what's when i limit things how does that work da 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 and then i was like the heaviest i'd ever been which people will laugh on, on the podcast i was only like 30 35 pounds heavier than I am now. Okay. But like on a small girl, that's a, that's lot. a lot of weight. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. On a 5'4 girl, that's a lot of weight. Yeah. So I like... It's, I mean, if it's noticeable on me, 6'4, which it definitely is, then yeah. that's... Yeah. It's, it's all relative. People who see me, who haven't seen me since I had, I've lost, because it was the pandemic that really like shot down my oh, okay. weight um, after like... Because again... I had done all that work and I never wanted to diet or do anything like that. I never wanted to have that disordered like uh, approach to it. So I was just like, okay, let's let's try to be as intuitive as possible. And then in the pandemic, it just ended up being the case that the lifestyle helped it to fall off. And quitting drinking obviously was like insane. Um, But yeah, it was a lot of self-work after college to stay in the good, healthy place with my brain and to get back to intuition 
and then from there trusting that it would the intuition would even me back out and not having that disordered thought of like oh no you can't trust yourself with food like if you let yourself go you're gonna be a fat fucking pig <laughs> like you're gonna go back so it's like okay almost losing that control to regain it um yeah. which was very bizarre but ended up helping and a weird thing also that helped me sorry if you're trying to no. Move on to another point. Keep going. Okay. There was this point where I had done most of like the eating work and I was feeling really healthy with my relationship to food and alcohol, but I wanted to minimize my controlling thinking over it even more. And okay. I was like, okay, I'm going to be French. French. Okay. I, was, I was just like, <laughs> I'm going to be French. I was like, the Parisians, they, I don't know if you've heard these studies like, Parisians actually eat more bites of food than we do per day, huh. but they're thinner because they're smaller, littler bites. And like oh, they drink more and they smoke more, sure. but like they don't feel, they don't problematize it like we do. Mm. So it was like, I'm just going to be Parisian. I was like, this is going to be my diet. I'm just going to be Parisian. <laughs> and it's funny because it like actually worked. Like yeah. I just kind of method acted into being a more intuitive person and it like kind of worked. Like yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. Like a, a Parisian would have escargot and maybe a glass of wine. Right. And so like it actually helped me even back out those like very American binge eating tendencies okay. and come back to baseline. Obviously, the drinking, that was short-lived because sure. that only worked for, like, wine at 4 p.m. Right. And then right. when 11 rolled around, I wasn't Parisian anymore. I was I was a 23-year-old living in D.C. Right. So um, I went through, like, I think various different phases of severity with the therapy and all the college work being the most heavy. Mm -hmm. And then in adulthood, um, doing self-work and learning and improvement over it. Yeah. Yeah. So... I guess one, I, I don't know like how much you attribute this to. So if it's not at all, then like tell me. But it it sounds like I mean the the underlying the mental issues of university and like the PTSD and that sort of stuff definitely played a part. But I'm curious what you think, um, or like how routine plays into it because mm. it kind of seems like in high school you had this routine where you were exercising a ton so you could eat whatever you wanted still be skinny you go to college you're not running as much anymore at least competitively yeah and so like your routine flipped but your your eating didn't and then when you graduate college your routine flips again yeah but then like okay i have to now be parisian like i have to like you're starting these routines and that's um so from like my experience, even after losing uh, all that weight last year, the times that I will go crazy with food is when I'm not in New York. If I'm in New York, I'm very good about not snacking, about not overeating, all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. But if I leave, if I go back home or I go to a friend's house uh, in like Denver or something like that, then it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, we got pizza for everyone. There's so much extra pizza. Yeah. Like I'm on vacation. I'll have like a bunch of pizza. And at the end of the week, I'd like come back here. I look at the scale. I'm like, that's going to be like nine pounds heavier. Right, you're <laughs> like, like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck me. And then I like have to like get back into it in uh, like the New York routine. And luckily I have a good routine. So it's like yeah. it kind of slowly goes back down. But like this last year, I was like, all right, I'm home for December. I'm in Puerto Rico for January. I'm in Denver for February. And it just kind of it like added on top of each other by the end of like when I got back from that last trip, I was like, oh, man, I 
I need to figure out a routine for when I'm not in a routine. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I don't know how much that like. Oh, a thousand percent okay. plays in. And that actually was my biggest stress when I was trying to like heal from it. It was like my routine kept getting fucked up. And like I felt like I found that certain piece of control. Like I found yeah. my perfect routine to like make it work. And then when I would have to go home, I would freak out. Yeah. Like it was I, all of those coping mechanisms. Because I think routine is just a way to find those coping mechanisms to make it like all healthy and mm. do you know what I mean sure. like it's like okay I can um routine helps me to create a certain thinking around one thing yeah. and when you remove that oh my god like right. chaos and you either see like I don't know it's either good that lack of control or it's either bad um but routine plays everything into it and then I think um not only is it that vacation or things like that can put you off but it's also like that's when you realize that the routine can't be the only pin holding you to yeah that in that lifestyle it's like okay gotta find it within me to find a spiritual piece of this in me not just this external right like intrinsic versus extrinsic um and being like okay how do i find that balance in myself every time i'm at a counter yeah. rather than just in this space and time where I have control over it. Yeah. And that's like a very weird place to get to. And I don't even know if I have gotten there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's still things that I'm like, Oh, like I feel, Oh, I don't know if I trust myself. Like, you know, this, this, this or there, but I think routine is everything. And I think the best gift you can give to your friend who is trying to lose weight or is trying to, be healthy or trying to gain weight even like yeah. if, if it's some because people do struggle with that um it the best thing you can do is slip into that routine and mm-hmm. for the time being while they figure it out and just be like oh should we make dinner at yours yeah or can we do salmon at my place instead of like the rote dinner and drink somewhere else yeah um and then after a certain mo- number of months of getting that control and feeling like you can trust yourself then you can take that outside the home and like try that at the restaurant and like try to keep those sense of but like I think you need a period of like heavy routine like probably like you had last year yeah when you actually lost the weight and like and then you can like bring it outside yeah but I think there is a piece that does need strict routine to like relearn to yeah I I yeah to your point like I'm much better on vacation than I used to be. And okay. I do think part of it is like, if it's a short vacation, if I'm going home for the weekend and it's like, I'm just like a birthday party for my grandpa. It's like, fuck it. I'm not going to worry about it. Like, I don't want to listen yeah. to my body. I like want to have fun. Um, but it's, yeah, I even like these, these most recent ones by the end of it, I was like, you know what? I, I don't need to like, I'm yeah. traveling too much for this to, for this non-routine to be the routine, you know? Yeah. Um, I want to get your take on uh, a theory that I've had around like a um, like weight loss and kind of a scarcity mentality mm-hmm. of food. So, like you spend time in the Midwest. There's always there's there's food, but you have to go get it. Yes. So one of my theories is that people in New York are thinner because food is everywhere. Let me explain. I like this. I like where you're going with this. Okay. So 
if I'm if I'm living in Michigan, if I'm living back home, then let's say I go to the grocery store once a week or something like that. And I'm in the grocery store and I know that I don't want to go any other time that week because it's always crazy or whatever. I'm just like, I'm going to stockpile everything that I need and I'm going to go. So when I'm at that grocery store, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm trying to plan what I'm going to want for the rest of the week. And I think in those types of areas where you're not immediately surrounded by food like we are here, you kind of overestimate what you're going to want and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Yeah. Like if I'm at Meyer. And I'm like, oh, Meyer. well, I'm going like, to, you know, Michigan Meyer, Meyer. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I might want a bag of chips this week. So I'm just going to buy the bag of chips and guess what you're going to fucking eat that bag of chips. Um, but in New York, when I go to the grocery store, I'm not buying a bag of chips. Right. Because I'll stop at the bodega if right, need be. I'm going to pass 95 bags of chips on my way home every single time I leave my apartment. So I might as well just grab one when I go, like, if I go to the bodega and get a salad and I want a bag of chips with it, I might as well just so fucking true. grab it. This is also, sorry, I'm cutting you off. This is No, like, please, I was done. I want your thoughts. <laughs> yes, Corey, yes. Back the foot. This is why we go crazy in college, too, because yeah. you're at the dine, it's dining hall or bust. Right. You're not going Once down closes, to Main Street. It's like, oh, right. shit. I guess you got to wait until tomorrow. Right. So you're like, okay, let me yeah. you go crazy. Better steal 90 cookies. Yeah. You're like, better, <laughs> yeah, better steal all these little cookies so I don't die of starvation. Um,. <laughs> And yeah, I'm 40 pounds overweight, afraid I'm yeah. going to die. It's cold in Michigan. Right. I, I can't will be give hungry. it. I, we're all hibernating. <laughs> we're all bears. We need the fat. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's it, dude. It's just so cold. You need yeah. to like hibernate. But thousand percent, I think there's something there, especially because um, with like how the brain works, if you want to uh, not do something, like if you have the chips in your pantry and you're like okay like um i want to stop eating chips next week mm -hmm. you're gonna eat the chips to get rid of them so yeah. they're not around you next week <laughs> yeah. instead of just ignoring them you right. know what i mean so it creates then like you you have the problem in your home yeah that you have to deal with rather than like yeah this abundance mindset of no if i i'll have lays if i just go down to the corner and if yeah. I want to diet Coke and Lay's, that's what your girl's going to get. Whereas and like I have to plan for this whole week and right. all of whatever vice I might need. And it works for meals too. Like if I'm going to the comedy club later and I'm not hungry when I have to leave, I'm my mindset isn't like, oh, well, I better eat something just in case I get hungry. Right. Um, because if I eat a little bit and then I go to the and then like I go to the comedy club and then I eat there, then I just ate twice as much food. But because I know wherever I go in the city is going to have food, it's kind of like, I don't know, if I get hungry while I'm there, then I'll fucking eat there. Yeah, it relaxes your approach to it yes. completely. And then you become Parisian without realizing it. <laughs> We're all Parisian We're all here. Parisian. Yeah. And I think too, like, you're also, I think when you do live in a city where there is a lot of food choices, you start to then go like, okay, well, I'm never not going to have a certain type of food. Mm. You're like, I live in, you know, let's say Philly is such a great food city. Sure. You're like, I'm never not going to have charcuterie. 
If I go to <laughs> X restaurant, I'm yeah. never not going to have the meat and cheese. That's a fact of life. I live in this food city, right? So you're like, you're just going to even out that behavior and you're going to make it work for you. Yeah. So it's like, whereas if you are in, I think, a place where that is not a part of the equation, you're just going to be like, when I see charcuterie, I'm going to go fucking ham. Yes. Pardon the pun. Because you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's ham on your charcuterie yeah. board? That's a little, uh, it's a little low class. <laughs> in Michigan, yeah, we, that's true. We have a ham. With honey smoked and uh, <laughs> Oscar Mayer ham. Yeah. We got some ham. Little American single slice. Yeah. <laughs> we got some honey, some craft. Yeah. Get a pickle that we put special Velveeta. <laughs> I fucking hate Velveeta cheese. A piece cheese. of Jets pizza cut up into little pieces. Yeah. Don't you fuck with Jets. Jets is the no, best Jets pizza. Jets is fire. It's the best Jets pizza. Jets is fire. I'll fight anyone in disagrees. I, I actually will not shit on uh, Detroit pizza. It's fucking. It's great. It's fantastic. It's mostly bread. Yeah. That's why it's good. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's true. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a Sicilian, sl- it's deep dish. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so the other thing I didn't hear you talk about in your journey, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, is what you were eating. Um, like, it seems like you kind of focused on, like, how much and when. Mm. But, like, have you kind of, like, in your journey, have you felt like you needed to restrict your diet in some obviously the yeah. the 30 um what's whole it called 30. the whole 30 i want to say 30 for 30 and that's a documentary yeah. guys. um which yeah the whole 30, fantastic the whole 30 like did it did it work for you to restrict your diet it did um it actually helped it, it helped and hurt in many different ways i think it helped it hurt in the fact that i like gained weight and that wasn't the goal but it helped in the fact that it actually changed my relationship to sh- my relationship to sugar okay big time because yeah. i did have a huge giant sweet tooth yep and then um when Same. i did yeah <laughs> so like just r- absolutely just such a big sweet tooth and um when i did whole 30 because you completely cut sugar cold turkey yeah um my tolerance to sugar dropped dramatically and it has never gotten back up to where it was. Wow. And okay. in a, in a very weird spooky way that I was shocked by after because again at that point in my life I was still pretty compulsive with food especially sweet stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so I was like wait I don't this is registering too sweet for my brain and I don't yeah. even want it anymore. So like the certain chocolates that I like loved were like not the thing anymore. Oh, interesting. So it helped me with that. Um, and I also would find trigger foods that I could not not binge eat and then I would cut them off the list. So, and that was obviously like uh, when I was with my therapist, I would, cause I was in that self-awareness phase of it. I was like, oh, I cannot help myself but to vomit after... I, after I have tortilla chips, I cannot hmm. stop eating them. And I would be like drunk. I'd have like a bag of chips and I oh, yeah. would not be able to stop. And I was like, okay, your girl can't even touch tortilla chips. Right. Like this is a drug. This is going to have to be black and white. So tortilla chips gone. Couldn't fucking handle Thai food for like oh, wow. years. And then I got back to baseline with it. Like I would have, because most people, like I would watch my friends in jealousy envy because they would stop <laughs> halfway through and just eat to where they were full and i was like how are you doing yeah, right. that magic trick <laughs> like you skinny fucking bitches yeah. i was like 
fuck you and your family. Like, how do you do that? And so you might not never you might never get Thai food again. You have to finish right. this. <laughs> you have, you'll ne- you're in Michigan. You'll never have. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You need to finish this Thai. When are you gonna get it again? So I would like I could not not eat it, and I would feel disgustingly full, and I would have to throw it up because my brain was like, "You can't." Oh, God forbid you gain two pounds. Yeah. You're right. Die. Um. So I would like throw up Thai food. So it was like a lot of like guess and check, I guess, where it was like certain things would trigger me more than others. And I had to get rid of them for a certain period of time. Mm. And then I've been able to reintroduce them since like having my trust with food back. Sure. Um, But I would say like I only started touching tortilla chips in a healthy way with no worries in the past like two years. Oh, wow. Okay. Two, three years. Like I got so like they became fear foods at a certain point um fear food yeah because i was like oh my god can't trust kitty around fucking mexican you know what i mean can't, can't go out for fucking mexican like just get, or tied i'm like i'm fucking scared uh, uh, but like it's like a it's like being being with a vegetarian but way worse yeah. it's like whole whole uh, right. like types of food are out oh yeah like Oh my God. And then like, I think that's also where I leaned into drinking too, because like Mm. if I was at, let's say like, cause when I was living in DC, brunch culture was like such a big part of it. Oh yeah. Um, there's no control at the fucking brunch table. Yeah. Oh my god! No, brunch is for eating everything. Right, brunch is for no fuck, no rule, no parents, yeah. no rules at brunch. So yeah. like, I was, uh, <laughs> I would just like lean on the alcohol it's like okay if i'm not gonna go crazy with the food i'm gonna let myself do the other thing um there was no world where i just couldn't distract myself at all you know i couldn't sit there and be happy and content (laughs) i would have to overdo it on something and i think that's where i was like all right if i'm gonna overdo it and numb myself i might as well do the thing with a little bit less calories or the thing that doesn't make me want to throw up right um in an odd way but then you know dependency is dependency and yep you can't do that. You can't sub an addiction for another addiction. Uh, you can. It just doesn't can. work in the long run. Right. Um, it works yeah. the short term very well. Oh, yeah. Then, yeah. Do you think um, that your experience with cutting out food, cold turkey, kind of helped you with cutting out alcohol? Yeah. Cold turkey, because you, like, you kind of understand how... Because food, in that sense, like, kind of is a drug. When yeah. Um, you know, it's it's releasing the same chemicals in your body that drugs do. Yeah. Did that experience with food help with the out or was it completely different trying to cut them out? That's a really good question. I think that it helped immensely with just trusting myself because I was like, mm. I've been here before and I've gotten over it. And that was harder because... I had it all day. Sure. Whereas like alcohol, I was like, okay, we've done this. We've gotten rid of a, a dangerous behavior before. We can mm. do it again. Um, and this one, I don't even need to survive. You know right. what I mean? So it was like, I think easier having had that that like tool in my pocket or like that confidence in my pocket. Sure. Um, and also, I think it helped me just to be like, okay, like what is the template for this? What does this look like? Okay, I need to get back to therapy. Okay, Mm. I need to do self-help. Okay, I need to be reading books again. So it helped me get back, like I was able to sort of like duplicate the experience. Okay. Um, But I'll tell you for anyone who does struggle with food, who listens, like cutting out alcohol from my life was easier than learning how to eat right. 
and learning how to have self-control with food. Okay. It was easier. And I don't know, maybe that was personal for me, but it was way more difficult to learn how to slow down with food yeah. than alcohol. Because your body needs it. Yeah. That's what we were talking about at the at the beginning. Like you can't, the cold turkey is not an option Yeah. with food. And you can, depending on what your relationship to it is, the different circumstances. It's also like, it is also very genetic too. Like, yeah. like I talked about it briefly on the last episode I did about addiction. But like, there are just people that like hunger pains them more than other people yeah like they and it's like they the relationship they have to it is like no i i am incapable of living life if i'm hungry Mm -hmm. and so like some people have that some people use food as a way to cope with it's like oh i have a stressful job like okay i'm miserable for eight hours a day and i get lunch and then in the afternoon i'll have like a big snack because then that'll like that'll make me happier for the rest of the day um, I guess that goes back into the routine thing. Right. Like, and how we structure our day around the food. Right. And how we try to derive joy from it, too. Like, yeah. I think I'll put in my day, like, I'll put the food where I need joy. Like, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to eat from noon to one because yeah. I have nothing else to live for at that time. You? <laughs> you know, like, I'm going to eat at five because I'm whatever. Um, But it doesn't. I think that's also where we get to a dependency with it too because mm-hmm. it's like okay well if i'm driving joy at this one time of the day every time of the day like yeah then that's going to all of a sudden become a very important piece of my life yeah and nothing else will matter so it's like it's good to good to mix up the it. routine a little bit like yeah. i pretty much eat at the same time every day but like every once in a while a meeting will get scheduled over it and I'm like, it's probably good for me in the long run to like eat a little earlier, or a little later and not yeah. like freak out about it. Um, Cause like it, for a little while when I had that solid routine, if something got booked over it, I would like, I'd be like, Oh, what am I going to do? Like, that's my fucking lunchtime. And right. like, you have to like zoom out and be like, it's an hour. Right. You'll be fine. I'll live. Yeah. It's probably only going to be 45 minutes, right. honestly. Like, <laughs> I eat at 12.29 every day. Yeah. If I don't, I'll die. I will die. Right. Um, or I'll like say something horrible and get fired from my job. Right. And you just like spiral. You're like, I got to eat something beforehand. Yeah. Um, I want to know if you have heard of, I don't know the official name for it. I call it kind of the like ancestral theory to food. Um, and it essentially says like, you should eat roughly what your ancestors would have eaten, um, when you're picking your food. So for instance, I'm very Northern European. Yeah. Um, my ancestors probably like never ate a fruit. They never had sugar. Sugar was not part of their diet. Maybe like apples, like stone fruits and like berries that can survive in like England and Norway and Sweden. But like for the most part, it was a lot of bread and meat and over the last year that's kind of what i figured out is like oh if i eat mostly like vegetables bread and meat not even like cut out processed food which i did for the most part like i seem to feel bad i have more energy throughout the day and i think a lot of people are going to hear that and be like yes stupid you ate natural um but then like there are plenty like People that grew up in more uh, like tropical areas have no problem eating a bunch of sugar. Um, this is 
is this like a is this something that you coined or is this no, like a very I had like heard it once okay. before and I was like all right well let me give that a shot like yeah like when would my when would my ancestors have ever tried sugar right so like why would my body be in the long why would it be built to handle sugar you know right um it could just be like crackpot science but i don't know i no, wanted your I thoughts on it i think that's super fair and it's funny you say that because um my boyfriend and i were talking about that uh this morning a little bit because we go to this like italian deli in queens where <laughs> okay. we live and they make everything homemade they're like my favorite oh. people Ceriso, shout out and um we were saying like this is how we grew up eating like because his dad um, and my mom are both Guidos. So like sure. we both we both grew up like with just eating like cheese and meat, like just antipast and like yeah. olives and like and we're like, it feels so good to be able to go to a place that I feel very like a healthy relationship with food. I know what I'm getting. They make it there. And it just feels very in line with like how our ancestors would have eaten. Yeah. Like it feels like very normal and right for us. And it also feels like very what the Italians would have had yeah. like wherever the fuck they <laughs> lived. Um, so it's funny, like I, once I let myself be like, no, I can eat just meat and cheese for lunch. I can have, like I would make like an entire like little charcuterie antipast plate for myself and people would probably think that was nuts. But I was like, no, fuck off. My ancestors probably ate moths and pep and yeah. lived longer than us. And all of sure. Right. Well, so they I'm also like, lived in Italy. So right. I mean, and zero processed pretty, food yeah. and like modernity wasn't killing them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depression wasn't didn't exist. Oh, Jesus. And- the old people had it so good. The <laughs> the people in the olden times. Uh, um, but yeah. yeah. And, and I think that too, like, um we men and women are taught to eat differently, like mm. um, I've had to find my balance with my monthly like cycle and how mm. my body will have an like how my appetite will fluctuate throughout the month. Whereas like men have a daily cycle, um, mm. like men run on like a circadian rhythm. Obviously, we all do to a certain extent, but like men have that's their daily like that's your template essentially sure. or your outline and ours is our lunar cycle so it's like i'm gonna have a drastically different appetite the week before my period than i do mm. the week after my period interesting and i've uh there's books like um uh in the flow things like that about cycle syncing and they basically te- like are reteaching women like okay if you feel like you're gonna feel like a super hungry on your period let that be the case and if you don't overeat during your period you're not going to have enough calories to actually shed your lining and all that stuff Mm. so actually letting your body do the talking for you and letting the fluctuations exist which would a past version of me was like no i have to be the same person every (laughs) hour of my life and uh like now, like now, I'm like, no. This week, I'm really hungry. I'm gonna go buck wild. Yeah. I'm gonna have McDonald's every single night. Obviously, like that has its issues. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, like, let's, <laughs> let's not, not do yeah, that too I'll often. That. But like, I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna go nuts because my period's coming. And then the week after, I won't have much of an appetite and I won't fight it. And I'll just yeah. be like, okay, I'm. I actually don't need breakfast, but I'm gonna have a like. I'm ready at lunch. Um, and letting it guide you a little. Is that difficult to like keep a routine? with so like to me i like a daily routine but obviously that goes into what you just said is like if i'm not you know roughly doing the same 
thing or eating at the same time, then that's where I kind of get thrown off. Yeah. Um, and when I start to overeat, because I, I kind of lose that um, like abundance mentality that we were talking about. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't know. I didn't eat. Like I only had one meal today at like one and I don't know if I'm going to and like then I got to drive up north for a show. So right. I don't know. It's like, should I eat before that? Like, I don't know if they're going to have food. Like that's kind of where it starts. Right. Um, would that be is that trickier on like a monthly cycle? It definitely is trickier at first. It definitely uh, can function as like a cognitive behavioral therapy because you're like, oh, I actually have to deal with a lack of routine I actually have to welcome Mm. a lack of routine which for me was never a part of like I am routine city (laughs) I have severe OCD I have been medicated in the past and like as a kid just to as a note I would write out we're talking like second grade I'd be like 602 brush teeth 604 eat Cheerios 606 like nutcase and I would like routine is everything so when I realized that routine would not make me thinner like that's what helped it because it was like okay actually that's not going to help you that's actually going to keep you heavier is if you keep acting against your hormones like if you Mm. keep behaving diametrically opposed to what your hormones need you're going to get fatter and that was enough for me to be like okay I'm Parisian again like okay we're like (laughs) I'm going to just go with the flow here and like it was very scary at first and then it was like okay like I think this is working better. I actually feel more in tune with my body. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, yeah, obviously it completely departs from your routine. Um, but I find that I'll f- like now I'll have patterned routine for those weeks of the month. Like I'll see myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK. Like if I have my period, I know I'm going to want to go to the McDonald's drive through sure. and that can become a part of the routine in a different way. Um, and welcoming the little quirks about each day or week and yeah. trying to like be like oh okay I'm here I'm in the luteal phase so I'm going to um I know I like to eat as soon as I wake up okay and making that a staple of like when I start to feel this way this routine happens or like when I feel this way then a complete lack of is fine um so creating different and new routines huh. but like yeah but definitely weird at first to let go or try to let go I like that a lot um, obviously it's super hard to listen to your body, but so hard. like even when you zoom out based on the seasons, like uh, in like tropical places, it doesn't make as much of a difference because it's the same temperature all the time. But like if you're anywhere in the North, you know, like, oh yeah, it starts getting cold and suddenly you want more food. You want like fattier yeah. food. You're like, your, your body is like physically hungry, uh, more. And I've always said like, as a joke, kind of not a joke, but like it's kind of easier to lose weight in the winter because your your body's trying to stay warm. You're burning more energy. You're yeah. way hungrier, so it's like more miserable to lose weight in the winter. But, but it could just easier. like fall off yeah. if you like actually do it. So I don't yeah. recommend people like being miserable while they're trying to lose weight because it's not really sustainable. Right. Um. But yeah, but it works. I, it, it does. <laughs> it does work. But it's more like. I guess this winter, because um, I like hit my goal back in like October, and it doesn't really get too cold in New York until November, December, um, and I was like way hungrier than I was used to in December, January time period, and I was like, oh yeah, if, 
of course it's okay if i eat a little bit more because it's about to get really cold like this is a normal this is a normal cycle for all not even just humans but like all animals all animals to eat more in the winter and then as soon as it starts getting warmer my body's just not as hungry and it comes off and it's supposed to do that right and trusting yourself that 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 will even itself out yeah because i think you can get in that thing of like oh my god like you're in december and you're like i'm a piece of shit (laughs) i can't fucking stop (laughs) and then you're like you get worried and but you just have to remind yourself no this happens every year i eat a little more and then it comes back off and by september i'm skinny legend and then it, it comes back and then boom and boom and i think uh the studies say i don't know if they're still the same apparently you're the thinnest you will ever be all year in september because it's like after the whole summer. I believe that. With that lack of appetite. Yeah. Like August, September, yeah. that's, yeah. People yeah. are tanned, they're skinny. Right. They're like ready for cuffing season. Right. And then <laughs> shit hits the fan again. And then, yeah, and then you get cuffed and then... <laughs> Um, Which hello, that is Christmas. Too relationship. Yeah. Uh, food oh is, yeah, we could go on forever. We didn't even get into that. Oh my god. I was gonna say we got like a couple more minutes if uh, you had like one because we were gonna talk about like the food industrial complex, but we oh! might need to might need to do that another Part time two! because it's a pretty okay. like big. Uh, it's I could a pretty say, big topic. I could do a quickie on it. Yeah, I'll do a give quickie. Us five minutes, um, and it doesn't have to be on. If you got something you wanted to hit more. I think that's, I think, okay. I think big food is like, okay. or wellness industrial complex. Yeah. But they're all the same. Wellness industrial complex as it stands right now is selling to us exercise as the salvation mm-hmm. and that benefits big food and it hurts all of us because not only does that take out three hours of our day where we could be doing other things, but also money and also shame, right? Like yeah. if you don't do it after everyone is telling you to do it, you feel shame. Um, so I think that a lot of our issue in our culture is saying, okay, just get back on the treadmill. Just get back on the treadmill. And that for me, as someone who has been an exerciseaholic in that past life, sure. Um, because that was one of my things to, it would be like, if I didn't, like that would help me to not throw up. Like if I compulsively exercised, uh, I'd be like, okay. oh, if I punished myself in this way already, I don't have to punish myself in that way. So it was like, okay, if I run between four and six miles, all of my sins are absolved <laughs> and everything's fine and I can just eat, you know, but right. you cannot run you can't run faster than a bad diet and like or you can't outrun a bad diet because when you actually do the freaking math it's 200 calories yeah it's really not on a four mile run so you're way better off especially for women too you're better off just not hiking your metabolism like crazy with really intense exercise yeah especially when society is selling like orange theory berries solid core like really intense really hard really intense that we should not be doing every day and in fact like i don't know if you know any marathon runners they'll end up eating more and a lot of people will do it for weight loss which is like my one of my pet peeves um if people do it for that reason because it's like no you're actually gonna hike up your metabolism you're gonna eat more and then you're gonna be left with those habits to deal with when you're not running a marathon right um so I think it's like, oh, just go back, get out there. And it's like, okay, okay, you're going to start spending 180 a month at Equinox. You're going to start doing this <laughs> and you're not going to lose weight. Equinox is fucking And then you're going to hate wild. your life. Yeah. And all, but everyone is scared to say eat less. Everyone yeah. Everyone is scared because it's, 
because it's very connected to disordered eating here. Yeah. And especially when it comes also, to... Americans don't like being told what to do. Right. They would rather be told like, oh, here's a shortcut or here's something. You can, if you do this, then you can live however you want. Um, and I do want to throw in there, exercise is good for you. Yes. It is not good for weight loss. And it... It's it, not the, the key to it's, weight loss. Right. It's not the... Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I don't want to say it's not good for it because it is. It is on yeah. some level, but it's not this like magical. It's not the main like, character. I, I've known plenty of people that paid the one eighty a month at Equinox, and they would go like kick their own ass for an hour every other day or whatever, and then they like kept gaining weight. And it's like, yeah. well, you leave the Equinox and you drink at least a bottle of wine every night. Right. Pasta is what they're having for dinner every day. Um, it's like, yeah, you're you're just ingesting so many like carbs, whether yeah. it's sugar or carbs that you're you burned carbs, but now you're ingesting more of it. Exactly. And it it kind of gives a false sense of security. And you're just adding to sort of like this feeling of being on the treadmill all day or like yeah. the hamster wheel of your life and just being like, I'm, or I remember feeling that way when I was in a corporate job and being like, I have to get home so I can spend an hour at the gym so that I yeah. can, then I can eat my perfect dinner at six o'clock so that I can get in bed by nine. And it's like, actually, if I just walked home, <laughs> I would do both and of those things. Half as much for dinner right. than, yeah. Like if I just didn't take the subway home to do that gym run, I would just walk and probably take yeah. off the same amount of calories so right. like we do a lot of overdoing it yep and we can what americans overdoing yeah. it what is... what what it's not our thing it. yeah Ugh. so it's crazy and i also want to say for the listeners i hope i don't sound like an asshole in this podcast because <laughs> i am a thin person so. now but i at some point was you, very struggling You went through with, it. Yeah. I don't think anyone here is like, what the fuck does she do? Yeah. <laughs> what is she talking? She doesn't know shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, this was incredible. I like, I think there are a lot of people like me that if, if I can know the backstory to like, okay, how did, like, what was your relationship with weight loss? Then like that helps me identify with like, oh yeah, I have that piece. Maybe I should try doing this. Yeah. Or like I have that tendency. So maybe I should. Cause one thing that like we should hammer home too is like everyone is totally different in terms Absolutely. of like how much you can eat, what you can eat, like all of these other factors. And so I think like to wrap it all up in a bow, like what you said about listening to your body is really the key there, like with exercise and food, like yeah. you should exercise if it makes your body feel better, but if it's not going to make your body feel better, then don't fucking do it. Yeah. Like listen, listen to it, Be listen selfish. to it with food. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't try to please anyone else and don't try to just follow some script. Yeah. Like do exactly what you need and tune out all the other noise. Like I can't tell you how many people I just, if they comment on how I'm eating, I'm just like, fuck off. Off. Like I did years of work. Do people still to eat. Like, do that? As, oh yeah, really? People will like. I had um someone who like close to me was like, "You should be like five thousand pounds with the way you eat." And Damn. I was like, "You don't even understand <laughs> how much food therapy I've done to eat these chips, ahoy!" Yeah, so, right. Respectfully, <laughs> fuck off. I'm fine. Respectfully, right? Respectfully, fuck you. <laughs> I'm eating my chips, ahoy! So yeah, just it has to be solo. And don't yeah. let anyone else tell you anything, really. Yeah. Even us. Like, we're <laughs> do what you need to do all the yeah. time. Right. I, yes. I think this was great. 
I at least was just trying to like provide tools. Like this is what works for me. It's not necessarily going to work for yeah. everyone. And I think we're on the same page there. I think yeah. that's what you were doing as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Where can people find you? Um, people can find me on Instagram at Kit Reynolds and uh, TikTok. I'm at Reformed Hot Girl. Okay. And <laughs> I can't believe that wasn't taken. You must have had that for a while. I had it for. I actually got banned and they had to oh, get no. a new one. So that's what did you what, do to get banned? One. I snorted Parmesan cheese oh, and it looked yeah. like cocaine. Yeah. TikTok uh, doesn't like fake drugs they or real don't drugs. Like yeah. You can't, um, you can't fake the drugs. Yeah. No. And uh, is there anything else? I think that's it. Okay. You yeah. got shows coming up? I got a... I have a show. Just follow me and you'll see. Right. I got shows around the city. I got tons of stuff. Come come hang. Great. Yeah. Cool. Follow me at Corey T Comedy on all social media. And if you're in New York, come see Ope, a comedy show. Every week at Ferns in the East Village. Kitty's done it. It's so That funny. was a really fun show. That was awesome. Um, that was a really good one. And then, yeah, if if you do come for the show from the podcast, shoot me a message on Instagram before. If you have requests for guests to be on the show, I will get them on the show. So hopefully someone listens to this and says, like, I'm going to be in New York. I want to see yeah. Kitty. And I will hit you back up on Instagram and get you back on the show for That'd sure be fun. request me yeah <laughs> um yeah remember to subscribe to the pod like share all that good stuff we'll do this again sometime soon Woohoo!